Hey, hey, everyone. It's your old pal Spearsy here to remind you that this episode of Stuck in the 80s is sponsored by The 80s Cruise. You know, we're getting emails every week now from fans of the podcast telling us that they've booked for the 2017 voyage, and that's cool news. You know what? There is plenty of space left for you guys. Join Steve and I on a seven-day cruise on the Western Caribbean in February 2017, along with Cheap Trick, Berlin, More Stay in the Time, Colin Hay, Survivor, Debbie Gibson, and Spearsy and the Spearsettes. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> uh, email us if you have any questions about the cruise or just cruising in general. I've been on like 20 of them now, so I kind of know the ropes. But remember, when you book, use the promo code STUCK to save hundreds of dollars. And to score invites to exclusive events that we'll be hosting on board. Like Brad Williams' foot rubs. Ooh. <laughs> okay, that's all we're going to say about today. We promise. Now on with the show. Hey, 80s Nation. This is Brad in L.A. Just one more quick thing before we get started. I'm sure many of you will be expecting to hear us talk about Prince today. Well, I hate to let you down. We had already recorded this 80s News Now episode before the news of Prince's untimely death broke. So rather than let the news get stale, we're hurrying this show out now. And we're planning a tribute show to Prince soon. Until then, 80s Nation, as you soak in your memories of the purple one, remember, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. <laughs> because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears, and today we shake off our weekend hangovers and give you another edition of 80s News Now. Yo, bartender! Yo, food needs refill! With me as always, he's never hungover. He's just Brad in L.A. You know, it's funny you would say that, Steve, because when we finish this up, I'm going to the hangover capital of the United States for a few days. That's right. Viva Las Vegas, baby! Are you really? Yeah, I've got a trade show i got to go to. Oh, okay, but when you go on a trade show, I mean, does it leave any time for fun? Uh, usually, what ends up happening is I end up staying out way too late, and then I have to get up for eight o'clock meetings the next day. So, Ugh. yeah, it'll there'll be some late night, uh, you know, nothing too shenanigany, but I'll be out late. Just it's it's one chance to see people from you know that I've worked with that are from all over the place. So. You know, there's usually the you get the trade show, and then you've got some client dinner, and then you kind of shake loose from dinner at like ten or eleven. You're like, hey, where are you guys? Let's hook up. So we get together and have a drink or two. That's cool. You know, I went on a. This is right before Stuck in the Eighties started. I went to Chicago for a trade show, and the night before we left, like we, we're like we're not going to overdo it while the trade show is going on. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> but the night before we left, we went. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd been to Chicago before, I think maybe once, but just for a day. And yeah. um, I always wanted to go to the bars that you see from the movie um, about last night. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. There's there's my 80s angle. So the rest of the story can be non-80s. 
So, which is on um, oh, what's the name of the street in in uh, Rush Street? That's it. So we we had the cabbie take us to Rush Street. We got to the bar Mothers, where you know, which is in the yeah. film, and we drank like idiots. <laughs> I mean, idiots. We. What was what is it like the, the the three horsemen or the three gentlemen or oh god yeah just bad yeah just, uh, you don't want to do that don't do that ever but um, I remember that the one thing I did was I took a twenty dollar bill and I put it in my shoe because I I just knew at some point during the night I was going to need to take a cab you're going to take your shoe off to throw up in it and then you'd have twenty <laughs> bucks to pay for like, the cab yeah so I mean I got just blotto and yeah. activated the emergency shoe plan and got. <laughs> Back to my, uh, you know, uh, hotel room like around three or four in the morning. We had a flight the next day out of O'Hare like at noon, yeah, maybe. And you barely made it, kind of one of those. Things. I couldn't talk. I, I I was so hungover I couldn't talk. Oh man, and, that's rough. I mean, and um, it's only happened to me twice ever. We got to the airport and I'm like, I can't get on this plane. I'm I'm gonna lose it. So I, I kept looking yeah. at the boards like for another flight back to to Tampa, which is yeah. where it was at the time, and there wasn't any. It was like, and I was just like, gonna have to cowboy up. I I cowboyed up. I grabbed a Gatorade and I got back to Tampa and and I swore off whatever those three liquors are in that. Yeah, drink. I I know what you're talking about, but I don't think. Oh. Well, or, I mean, I, I was so drunk. Stories get kind of old, but I think everybody who's been to Vegas more than once has one of those where you realize I have to get back to the room right now, yeah. or I might never get back there. Yeah, I had one of those situations where the next morning I woke up and I'm like, I remember paying the cabbie. Did I give him a stack of ones or a stack of twenties? Like <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, the only evidence I have from that night was um, I guess I bought a T-shirt at Mother's, and I had all the waitresses sign it and then <laughs> and kiss it. Of course. So I had a shirt with all these that's what you do lipstick prints all over it, and I had a girlfriend at the time back in Tampa who I would eventually marry, and uh, she wasn't too happy with me after she that. She was either. not amused <laughs> with your actions. I was like, we mustn't wash this shit ever. She's like, oh, it's getting washed. Oh, it's getting washed. First, it's getting burned, and then I'm going to wash what's yeah. left of it, and then I'm going to burn it again. So, uh, the moral of the story: stay safe. <laughs> I'll be careful, Steve. And in the meantime, let's handle some '80s news now. Uh, the news doesn't get any fresher than this. Here's a statement from ACDC's publicist sent out to the media on Saturday, April 16th, which was last night, in case you're wondering, uh, for us here recording. Uh, quote, ACDC band members would like to thank Brian Johnson for his contributions and dedication to the band throughout the years. We wish him all the best with his hearing issues. Blah, 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 blah. As much as we want this tour to end as it started, we understand and blah, 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 blah. And are fortunate (laughs) to have Axl Rose now handling the lead vocals to help us fill the commitment for this tour. Holy this actually happened. What the is going on out there in ACDC land, Steve? Oh, man. I don't know anyone who thinks that this is a really great idea. I I think of one person, (laughs) Axl Rose. Yeah. What a... That jerk off is having no. his life. I know it just uh, fairness. So, well, we talked about this uh, two shows ago in our last day's news. Now, and we we, right. all, we all just kind of thought it was a hoax. But last night at Coachella, um, Guns N' Roses played, uh, and Angus Young came on stage, and they played a whole lot of Rosie. 
I won't see. I mean, I, I've already seen him once, and and to prevent further hearing loss from myself, I will not be seeing them again anytime soon. Well, yeah. I mean, but, at this point, look, it's it's almost you're almost getting to the point where it's a cover band with a famous vocalist, right? It's kind of like when the new Cars toured a few years ago with who was the guy that was out front instead of Rick Ocasek? It was a Cars cover band. Yeah, you know, no disrespect <laughs> to the two original owner, two original owners, two original <laughs> members, but that's not. Yeah. yeah. No. Just say no. Just yeah. say drugs to ACDC. Yeah, exactly. Let's move along. I get up in the evening And I ain't got nothing to say I come home in the morning I go to bed feeling the Bruce says no, Brian says no, Jimmy and Duran Duran say yes. Uh, we're talking, of course, about some of our favorite bands uh, and their recent decision to either play or boycott concerts that they had scheduled in North Carolina and Mississippi. The decisions come after each state recently signed into law some legislation, which many people feel discriminate against the gay and transgender communities. Bruce Springsteen was the first, I believe, to stand up. He canceled a show in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Adams canceled a show in Mississippi. Jimmy Buffett, not really an 80s star, but someone we all know. Yeah, uh, he was a presence in the 80s, whether he had any really fresh music at the time. No. Uh, he agreed to play his show in North Carolina, but he said he'd probably not play there again until the law has changed. And then uh, Duran Duran went ahead, and they played last night in uh, uh, North Carolina. Yeah. But they issued a statement ahead of time condemning the law, and then during the concert um, – they had uh, places for people could register to vote and sign petitions for the uh, the law to be repealed. Yeah, I saw a picture of the concert from last night that on the backdrop they had a, a U.S. flag that had instead of the stripes had the rainbow, the rainbow stripes replacing the red and white stripes on the flag. Right. Um, we usually avoid politics here, and so probably going to continue to avoid the political argument of whether or not the law is right or wrong. Uh, I think you probably know how we feel about it. But my question to you, Brad, is which do you think is a more effective means of protest if you're a musician, canceling the gig or playing the gig and making a statement like Duran Duran did? Well, okay. Let me say I I, I understand why some of these acts are canceling their gigs because they feel very strongly about this, right? And that's and I, I don't understand – well, I guess I do understand, but I don't think it's okay. You know, if they want to cancel their gig, then that's kind of their thing, right? However – I do think that you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. And I think that um, playing the gig and kind of separating that statement from the art, if you will, is probably going to be more convincing in the long run. I mean, not, not to chicken out and give an answer here, uh, a non-answer, <laughs> but I think, it's a nice, I think it's nice to have a combination. It's nice to have Duran go out there and do what they did. When Bruce Springsteen canceled, I know 
I think it was Greensboro that he was supposed to play. And I think they were saying that they feel like maybe that cost the city, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in terms of hotel rooms, (laughs) bars, you know, restaurants. So, but I mean, that's kind of what, that's sort of what the whole point of a boycott is. You know, yes, we're... We're not, to, yeah, yeah. It's 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 an economical, you know, it's an economic wedge against an it's, idea. It's, yeah, it's putting pressure on on sure. something. Yeah, that, that it, through whatever means you have possible, right? Yeah, it's interesting that so many of the bands that are in the news right now are bands from our generation. Yeah, and you know, you could say, well, you know, Springsteen can cancel that concert; it doesn't cost him anything. You know, he's he's rolling in dough. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm sure his crew isn't rolling in dough. I'm sure the guy that runs the you know front of house mix board is like, hey, you know, I was kind of counting on that income from that show. I bet they but, still got paid. Yeah, they probably did. I mean, the only people who didn't get paid were uh, Greensboro. So interesting. We'll keep an eye on it as it uh, develops, and um, we'll see if it's enough to turn things around in uh, North Carolina and Mississippi. In the meantime, let's move on. Minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. We've gone for main engine start. We have main engine start. America's first space shuttle. And the shuttle has cleared the tower. STS-1, a.k.a. the first orbital launch of the space shuttle, happened 35 years ago this week. Uh, I had to check it on the internet to be sure. How crazy is that, Brad? 35 oh my years ago. I can't – well, I can't believe it's been 35 years because I, I I think I talked about this on our space shuttle show. I remember this launch with absolute clarity. It was a Sunday morning. I was up early to deliver my newspapers <laughs> because the weather for daily news was a morning edition on Sundays. And so I got up early. I was in my room watching it on the little you know 13-inch TV I had in there. And just, I was so excited. Like, we are back in space, baby. Yeah, yeah. Special Columbia had a crew of two, uh, John Young and Robert Crippen. They orbited the Earth 37 times in 54 hours before uh, landing at Edwards Air Force Base in California. Yeah, they weren't up there for very long. But yeah, 50, still, you know. 54 hours is still 54 hours. Well, yeah, compared to when they're up there for, you know, a week yeah. or two at a time. But, yeah. I watched it. I remember watching it. What freaked me out was when they do the roll. I, they don't tell oh, yeah, you that. You didn't, you didn't know then, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's flipping on its back. It's supposed to do that. <laughs> it's, yeah. What is going on? Uh, and when you look at it now, the, the footage on YouTube, what always strikes me is what, <laughs> the big exterior fuel tank is white. Yeah, yeah. As it but was the for the f- first two launches. It, they yeah. didn't... Yeah, that paint weighed quite a bit. Apparently, six hundred pounds of paint is what it takes to cover it. I mean, uh, future launches, I remember looking at the tank going, "Well, now wait a minute, why is the tank orange?" It's like, and I started thinking, and somebody like was sitting next to me. I think my, might have been my my you know relative said, "Well, it turns that color when you retrieve it from the bottom of the ocean floor." And I'm like, okay, I buy that. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess, sure, they're launching this space shuttle with a rusty tank. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I was dumb enough to believe that. I mean, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. That 1981, man. I'm like, four, I was like 14 years old. <laughs> I'm not well, even you sure. You know, you go out and you look at the old Ford in your driveway. Well, that thing runs. It's got rust on it. Sure, yeah. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, you should have seen my first car. It had plenty of holes with rust in it, and they were all orange. So, um, so it didn't really get much of a splash in the news. 
this uh, anniversary. No, it's a fun story. Go to YouTube and watch the footage again. Uh, Marvel at the 600-pound paint job. (laughs) And remember a day when we were all so much more innocent and so young. Let's move along. State your name for the record. Jen Ursa. Forgery of imperial documents. Possession of stolen property. Aggravated assault. Resisting arrest. On your own from the age of 15. Reckless, aggressive and undisciplined. This is a rebellion, isn't it? The first teaser slash trailer for Rogue One, a Star Wars story, appeared uh, recently on Good Morning America. Now it's all plastered around the internet. Uh, I've seen it. You've seen it, I presume, Brad? I have indeed seen it. This was on TV, really? I just figured all this stuff should go straight to YouTube. It it, it debuted on uh, Good Morning America. Oh. Uh, What do you think? The show's still on? (laughs) Now, now. What do you think of the trailer? I I don't think you're going to be happy with me. You're going to say you don't like it? It left me very cold. Whoa. I am, I am susceptible to pretty much anything Star Wars. Like the, the trumpets hit and the hair on the back of my neck stands up. And I'm back at the Vesta Theater in the front row for A New Hope, which at the time we just called Star Wars because that's what it was called. But this, I'm like, mm, okay. It's got some elements. But it just didn't, it didn't get me excited about it. Huh. At all. Why? I don't know. Ugh. I, I like this trailer better than the trailer for uh, The Force Awakens. Oh, well, see, you're wrong, because The Force <laughs> Awakens trailer had me, like, f- completely freaking out. It's like, oh, uh, my gosh, oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. I love this one. So Rogue One is a prequel. If you've seen the trailer, you know that it pretty much sets the stage. It is set uh, right before the original uh, A New Hope movie. Many Bothans are going to die. <laughs> yes, group. that's for sure. Uh, tells the story of Jin Erso and a band of rebel fighters who are tasked with stealing the plans for something called the Death Star. I'm sure we'll never hear of that again. Tell me more about this Death Star. That's not a moon. It's a space station. Don't be silly. Uh, Pretty interesting to see Oscar winner uh, Forrest Whitaker in there. Yeah, okay. Now I will say, hey, that's kind of interesting casting. I like that. So it's not like I hated it. It just didn't do anything for me. I, I, I'm a sucker for prequels because, you know, there's some, there's some twisted part of me that yeah, I already, because you want to know the ending, Spearsy. That's exactly. why we're all about the 80s, because you know the ending. Wow. I don't know if I'm pissed at you or if I'm amazed at your clarity. <laughs> well, you know, the court jester is the only one who can tell the truth, I guess. You know what usually happens to the court jester, though? Yeah, yeah, he gets shot. Yeah. I like it. I think it'll be interesting. Um, it's like a little nugget to get us through to the next Star yeah. Wars movie. When's this out? Um, I think in December. Oh, okay. Well, you know, here's the thing. I'll go see it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to go see it. I just was like, hmm, mm, okay. I like prequels. I, 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 um, I do, too. I do, too. When um, the X-Men had their uh, prequel, I think it was called First Class. I reviewed it for the newspaper, and I have a bad habit. Like, if I'm the one writing the review, I'm suddenly a whole lot more uh, gentle to it yeah. <laughs> than it would be uh, if anybody else, if I was just seeing it normally. 
Yeah. And I think that's the way it's planned. I mean, hey, would you like to come to a movie at 10 in the morning on a Oh, sure. A weekday? Yeah. When you're supposed to be working. Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to be working. It'll be you and four of the people. Take any seat you want. We won't show you any previews. We're just going to show you this new movie that no one else has seen. And you and can talk some about it. Yeah, here you go. So, uh, no, you tend to give it a, a better review. But um, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it could be um, – I think it could be something special. Uh, you know the, what? Here's the thing. I, I'm excited. Like I said, I wasn't that excited about the trailer, but I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for a new storyline here. Well, you I know, just in want... The, in the Star Wars multiverse. Yeah. This is, this is outside of timeline, maybe outside. I'm sure there's a lot of canon out there. Don't jump on me too hard, Star Wars fans. But uh, this is a little off the main trough of you know Jedi father, Jedi son, dark side, light side, go, go, go. Yeah. I, I like this. I like this smaller story. You can, you can you can dive a little deeper into it. So there you go. We've said our piece. You know what? I like to dive a little deeper into Steve. <laughs> the seggies. Ah, the tuneful stylings of Reader Mailbag. Now, you may be thinking, why is Brad introducing Reader Mailbag? Well, that's because Steve is about to share with you an epic tale of woe sent in to us by one of our listeners who wishes to remain anonymous. It must be some kind of podcast time machine. This is scientifically possible. Oh, my God. Okay, Professor Hawking, tell me in your robot voice how this is scientifically possible. It is obviously a podcast time machine. Yes, this is a, a letter from one of our listeners, um, part of our podcast time machine series where we hypothesize that there is a seat on a time machine, and it's mine, unless you can convince me otherwise. So this is a long letter, so um, pour yourself a nice herbal tea. Mm. And relax. It is very Turn down sad. the lights. Here we go. Steve and Brad, I don't want to be presumptuous, but for reasons that will become apparent, I'll sign this letter anonymous in case you read it aloud from your mailbag. None of your time machine responses ever stirred me to write until you read that note from Captain Trips. His closing sentiment moved me to respond, no, we're not all Facebook friends now. Oh, here is my time machine tale. In the 1980s, I worked my way through college with a series of jobs on campus and off campus. She arrived with a performing arts scholarship and won a trio of contests that added to her college fund. I was studious. I focused on academic excellence because I had nothing else to guarantee a good future. Her personality was naturally magnetic and everybody liked her. I was handsome enough, but I wouldn't have made anyone's best looking list. She was stunning right out of bed in the morning. What we had in common on a small campus in a rural place was our shared major. With our same degrees, I intended a life teaching journalism two hours east. What she wanted to go into was public relations in a major city two hours to the west. Oh, God, Brad. You see, you see which way this one's going. Yes, you do. Uh, Anonymous continues. Because of our major, we met when we were t- both taking an upper-level class our sophomore year. By midterm, she had charmed me and I made her lose her breath from laughing. I was smitten. For two years, we plotted and planned together. She performed. I worked. We chose courses together and competed at grades. Always the natural extrovert, she was the public half of our relationship. I was the dry wit who benefited from the attention she got wherever we went out. 
She took me with her to her events. I sneaked her into campus buildings after hours, well into the night. My friends loved it when she was around. Her friends were puzzled but warmed up and included me in what they called to her delight their reindeer games. I never shook the notion that I was betting above my odds of winning, but she kept coming back, and I loved loving her. On the few weekends I could, I went home with her and met her family, slept in their house, hung out with them. Her two siblings had already aged up and moved out. I enjoyed her dad's company, but her mom was the head of the household, and her mom was kind of cagey. On my last weekend at their house, her mom told me quietly, alone in the kitchen, don't let her break your heart. Ooh, coming from her mom? Oh, man. Yeah. Oh. I've had tough moms before. Uh, my second wife's uh, mom hated me. But, uh, yeah. That's well, I don't th- it doesn't sound like she hated him. It's like she was. She just kind of knows. She knows where the train is it's, stopping. And it's it's foreshadowing know. is what it is. Yeah. Anyway, Anonymous continues. Well, after the fact, I learned that her mom had already picked out a fellow for her at her church, one with roots in their tiny crossroads community, one with a lot of land and an inherited home, one satisfied with a high school diploma and a life in agriculture, one whose life ambitions didn't include taking her daughter away from this place. I brought nothing to compare with that. Back together on campus late one night in February of our senior year, she admitted her mom didn't encourage our relationship. She didn't encourage her plans for a career in the big city but instead wanted her to come back and build a career close to home where she would be the most beautiful fish in a tiny pond and would raise children close to her grandmother. That would be a very different future from the one we had conspired for two years to create. At two in the morning in early March, and after a very long evening discussing all things past, present, and future, I asked what she felt. She said precisely this. I feel like marrying you right now, but she didn't finish the sentence and I stopped talking. Everything that could be said and should be said had been said. I understood what the but meant. At the end of March, we met alone for the last time in a professor's office where I was working after hours. It turned into our last late night. I hadn't expected her to come there, and she asked for what sounded like to me to be a last kiss. After surveying a lot of emotional ground with her, I said no. From where I stood, I felt she was compromising her future and dismissing ours altogether, and I said so. That was 25 years ago. I replayed the conversation, especially that moment, the moment I said no and turned away from her over and over in my head for the next decade. I woke up from it in my dreams. Strangely enough, my career took a sharp turn and my economic prospects improved, giving me what I couldn't offer when that mattered to her mother. And those dreams finally stopped. Within six months of that night in March, she was engaged to that guy her mom picked out for her. And within another six months, she was married. The first of her children was born not quite two years later. I started my career near enough to that place that I crossed paths with her friends too often for my taste. And after a few years, I took my career to a neighboring state altogether. It turned out to be a great decision as I met my wife there. A brilliant, independent, and intelligent woman that I wish I'd met when we were both 18. As for the Facebook friendship, the one that inspired this bitter hike down memory lane, I made a hard and fast rule when I joined Facebook. Since most of my friends during those years were her friends, I decided I'd be more comfortable drawing a thick circle around that time and dark X through it. Three things are true today. I don't play the alumni games with our alma mater I don't run across any of our old peers, 
and my memories of the music, places, and experiences we shared are mine alone. Going back to that night in March with the time machine, I confess to being torn but cannot imagine that the game would be worth losing what I have now. Fight to marry her, contend with her mother, second-guess every career move, and hold out for how long before divorcing and frustration with or without children? In real life, I know she has children. I have none of my own and don't expect to have any, and that's fine with me now. A career path with not much financial promise led to a career path with a good deal of financial security, which I could never have had if I'd compromised and stayed in that rural place that she has never left. Because I left, I met someone that I cannot imagine living without. Having not looked her up on Facebook or otherwise before now, I don't imagine I ever will. And for what it's worth, she has never reached out to me either. So I figure our choices were right ones in the end. Steve, I would gladly take your time machine ticket for any number of reasons, like betting on Super Bowls or investing early in an Apple, but not this one. Be well. Whew. Man. Whew. You guys are killing us with these letters. That's a, you know, amazing in a horrible way. But it sounds like, Anonymous, you, you, you've forged a piece out of this. Yeah, but I mean, there's there's still some bitterness there. There's a lot of bitterness there. I don't think that's a bad thing, though. No, I don't either. I mean, you can't sanitize the past, right? It is well, it is what it is. I mean, you can try, but it doesn't always help. You know, Kirk said it best. I need yeah, my pain. I want I was, my pain. I was coming there next. I mean, that's part of what made you who you are. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when you when you said in the letter, anonymous. You know, I wish I'd met her when I was eighteen. I'm so glad I didn't meet Katie when I was eighteen. She would have hated me. I was an arrogant jerk, man. That, you know, I knew everything, <laughs> and I wasn't afraid to let everybody know how smart I was all the time. You know, my life got better when I realized I didn't need to be the smartest guy in the room all the time. <laughs> I don't know what version of me would be the best version of me for someone to meet. It wouldn't be the version of me now. Really? No. I don't know, man. You're pretty awesome. <laughs> I just oh, well, I did talk to Debbie Foreman this week, so that's pretty <sighs> awesome. You got that going for you. Yeah. I mean, you talk about you know that the horrible decisions I made, you know, with VGF and and th- that which prompted that phone call with Debbie Foreman like 6 years ago it was, by the way. That's amazing. Six years ago. I talked to her again for the first time this week, and uh, we have it for a future podcast, so that'll be fun. But, um, yeah, I mean, there are cool things about being me, but it, I, I think if you would have met me, like, I don't know, well, maybe in the 80s. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? It's my whole spiel. It's hard to know. Hard to know. <laughs> hard to know. It's, it's hard to judge yourself from that kind of perspective. Cause- yeah. As always, we want your uh, time machine emails or any email, but uh, we, we certainly seem to be uh, loving the time machine ones lately. Uh, the email addresses are steve at sit80s.com and brad at sit80s.com. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. We haven't had one of these in a while. Uh, we'll play a snippet from a movie from the 80s. And if you get it right, you're entered into the drawing for a stuck in 80s bottle opener. Do we still have bottle openers? I do have a small stash of them, yes. And okay. I'm happy to mail them. I guess the last one I mailed out got kind of mangled by the post yeah. office. But it did get to its destination. So I sent out some green rubber, rubber uh, bracelets, and they, I think they got mangled as well. What? They, they got there okay, though. They're okay. fine. I mean, not, I mean yeah, the bracelets so, I mean, I are have, fine. The letter, the, the envelope was mangled. Huh, weird. So anyway, uh, pay attention. Here's the clip from our last show. He has the key to the front door. 
which he said would only be opened over his dead body. <laughs> I suggest we take him up on that offer. That's Clue. And, uh, you know, people, people name check this movie all the time, but I, and so much so that I'm kind of disappointed by the short list of winners that we have. Mm. Well, you know. I thought it was an easy one. I thought it was an easy one. Uh, Brad, write, read some of the winners. The winners this week include Don in Tulsa, Kevin Serving Wench, Robert Jordan, Kurt in Dirty Jersey, Captain Trips, John Brandt, Sean Fitzgerald, Lucy Joya, Alex in San Jose, and Ryan the Riotous Pirate, Lehu. Not Lehue. Lehue. Uh Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Man, I hate stupid girls. Marry a stupid girl, you have stupid kids. If you know it, email us at steve at sit80s.com or Brad. Actually, don't, don't email Brad. No, email me. <laughs> it costs you nothing. It, costs, it does cost nothing. By the way, you know, obviously check out our new website. It's sit80s.com. Uh, and then tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. Ah, uh, the mystical refrain of name that 80s tune. Uh, you know the spiel. We'll play a song from the 80s. Uh, you get it right. Again, you're entered into the drawing for the uh, aforementioned bottle opener. Or, and when we run out of those, we'll find something else. Pay attention. Here's the tune from last week. That's No More Words by Berlin. Love this song. Oh, my gosh. So good. Yeah. So good. Terry Nunn. Ugh. I know. Yes, please. Say no more. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Know what you mean. What's it like? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We uh, obviously didn't fool anyone with this one. Read some of the winners, Brad. Oh, well, we got a few this week. Winners this week include Carlos Hernandez in St. Louis, Matt from Connecticut, Beat Poet J, Lou, Sweet Lou, Grilly, Dr. Dim, Chris B. Critter, Joshua in Birmingham, Cecil Calhoun, Patrick Sabo, John Hayes, Oswaldo Jimenez, Edward in El Paso, Dan in Omaha, and Tim in Harrisburg, PA. Okay, let's spin the wheel and see who wins the bottle today. And it's falling on Crispy Critter. Ha <laughs> ha! All right, deep fried, baby. We will send yours out. Uh, send us an email with your mailing address, and we'll get that on its way. Uh, in the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery tune. If you know it, email us. You have the email addresses by now. And tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. We'll be right back after this commercial break. While delivering sparklets at 4th and Grand, I happened upon a lemonade stand where business was going bad to really bad. I took a little sip and said, in the lemonade game, taste is the key. And I don't mean to brag, but between you and me, sparklets taste is the very best you can buy. They all said, right. Well, the very next time that I came through, they were doing more business than they could do. Me and the sparklets water making friends. I have only one question. Yay! In 27 parts. Ah, uh, yes, time for Let's Get Trivial. And on the line today, our first uh, contestant is Eric in Cincinnati. How you doing, Eric? 
Doing well. How are you guys doing today? Can't complain. <laughs> the sun Good. is shining Good. and Skype is working. Skype is working. Cool. So in uh, California and Orlando, you guys shouldn't be able to complain. Oh, I know. <laughs> I try to keep it to a dull roar. <laughs> so uh, here's how Let's Get Trivia works for those uh, listening at home. We're going to give Eric three questions on a topic of his choice. Eric has chosen movies. Um, so we have ch- we've made it a little bit more complicated. We have chosen the year 1984 in movies. Uh, Eric's got to get two questions right to get a prize. Uh, are you ready, Eric? I am ready. Here we go. Good luck. Question number one. In the 1984 movie Ghostbusters, what was the full name of the Marshmallow Man? Oh, that's a good question. Um, is the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. It is not Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> As widely rumored on the internet, that is not true. It's that was my second Floyd. choice. Yeah, you know, it's a good guess. I, I pulled this off the internet today. I was actually, I actually did a search for uh, trivia movie, you know, movies uh, from 1984. And the other choices that they gave, it was a multiple choice. One of them was actually the Stay Hard Marshmallow Man. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> and then no. one of them was Steve, which <laughs> I don't know what the hell that's all about. That's kind that of getting personal. Yeah. I know. Parts of me are very marshmallowy, but uh, but that's where I'm going to leave it at. Question number two. <laughs> Which of the following 1984 movies did not did not finish the year in the top ten at the box office? I'm going to give you four movies. Which one of them did not finish the year at the, in the top ten at the box office? Here we go. Sixteen Candles, Gremlins, Police Academy, or Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock? Hmm. So didn't finish the year in the top ten. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope it's Police Academy. Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> Police Academy finished the year at number six. I guess I needed to know the release dates to make a good uh, guess on that question, huh? Yeah, uh, Star Trek number three would have been a good guess, but that actually finished the year at number nine. Gremlins would have been an interesting pick, although it finished the year at number four. That's just as shocking to me. It was that high. And Gremlins felt like a Christmas movie, but it wasn't, right? That was a summer movie. Wasn't yeah, it? it was released in the summer. Yeah. The correct answer was 16 Candles, which finished the year at number 44. Oh, I choose not to believe it. That's tragic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not in my universe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You're one, you're one for two. Here's the big one. Okay. In the 1984 movie Splash, did you see the movie Splash? I did. Okay, perfect. Otherwise, you have no chance of this at all. Freddy, played by the late John Candy, is posing as a Swedish doctor, but he runs into a security guard who actually speaks Swedish. What does Freddy say in Swedish to prove that he's really Swedish? What we're looking for here is the English translation, not the actual Swedish phrase. Since I don't speak Swedish, that's good to take the pressure off. What does he say in English? I could take a guess, but it wouldn't be a PG-13, so... Uh, oh, no, 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 that's, okay. that's fine. Go ahead. I have big balls. Mm. Ooh, that's real... That's, should we that's, give it to that's him? That's anatomically very close. <laughs> the, the answer we were I, looking... This is a really hard question. <laughs> I, how about my, my testicles are large? The, the correct answer is, hey, babe, I got a 12-inch penis. Yeah, I was in the neighborhood, but yeah. <laughs> close enough. We're still going to send you something. I appreciate that. <laughs> 
Yeah, but we, it is stunning the uh, the sixteen candles one. I, I looked that up and I thought for sure sixteen candles would at least be in the top twenty, but no. So yeah, that's hard to believe. So Eric, how long have you been listening to the to the podcast? Uh, I think since about '06. I actually just recently went back and uh, went through the entire catalog and got caught up right about in time for the uh, Back to the Future um, anniversary. So I have taken it all back in uh, recently. Do you have a favorite episode? There have been so many good ones. I mean, recently, I, I really enjoyed the Back to the Future episode, but going back, I liked your uh, your interview with um, with uh, Brian Johnson from ACDC. And, oh, so uh, good. of course, the, the, Dur- the Duran Duran episodes are always good as well, being one of my favorite bands. Oh, wow. You're like the first person who said that in a long time. Uh, we used to get so much guff from people who uh, said that we did too much Duran Duran. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. I think that's possible. Uh, we, so we backed I, off. I would agree. We backed off. Oh, no. You keep bringing it. <laughs> well, great. Well, thanks for uh, playing Let's Get Trivial. And uh, as always, stay, stay here with us, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Thanks for letting me join. And we're back. We have a few minutes left. Uh, Thankfully, spring break season here in Florida is over. Does that jack up traffic pretty bad in Orlando? <laughs> yes. Uh, you can't go anywhere near the theme parks during uh, that time of year. In I'm fact, sure. if you have a Disney pass, like a lot of people in Florida have what they call like the Floridian pass. Yeah, they black them out then. They black out uh, spring yeah. pretty yeah, much. When I worked at Disney, I had an uh, employee pass that was blacked out um, basically most of the summer. And strangely, I thought at Christmas. Huh. Oh yeah, it's blocked out at Christmas here too. But you, you wouldn't want to go there then either. I mean, it's just yeah. a, it's a zoo. It's blocked out a lot of the summer too. But smart people don't go to Disney in the summer. Well, yeah, that's the thing. If you live close, why would you go in the summer? You, would, you wouldn't. Yeah. They do have this cool thing here where you can do a after four pass. Oh, so, so you can just I, go for the evening. I think ride it might ride. only be for Epcot. Obviously, I didn't do anything for spring break, but I hear you had a pretty interesting one. Yeah, well, you know, as is well documented on the show, my kids, my twins are uh, juniors in high school. So we're starting in earnest the college search, which is just mind-blowing. We went back east. It snowed on us. We were walking around in Boston in like six inches of snow, which was insane. Um, But it was fun. It's it's so weird. It's like an out-of-body experience to be back on a campus. I mean... Number one, as a an old guy with gray hair, you're just invisible. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of funny, but uh, every uh, every campus seems to want you to believe that there, if the sun is shining, there will be people playing frisbee on the quad, which I doubt. Um, and they all still seem to be stuck in a pitch perfect world because they all want to talk about acapella. Really? Yeah, it came up more often than you would think. That's baffling to me you know it's very funny i'm like is this what they think the kids want i I don't know but it was fun it was a fun (laughs) trip but uh that's what colleges are doing to recruit kids these days well obviously there's more to it than that but i you know it's just funny i we were on like six or seven campuses in a week so i kind of got you know i noticed some patterns Um, everybody uses a holistic approach to admissions it's very holistic (laughs) and uh, all the tour guides want you to think that people are playing frisbee frisbee nobody plays frisbee anymore do they i play frisbee at the beach yeah but we're old men yeah it doesn't mean i don't still have mad skills bro i have no skills with frisbee i'm like tell so you what epically bad 
next time we're at the beach, I'll bring a frisbee and we'll uh, we'll work on your game. Yeah, <laughs> you will never get me to go to a beach. You, I, I mean, I live in Florida. I don't go to the beach. So the whole point of living here is you don't have to go to the beach. You should you should come out one weekend and uh, we'll go to the beach and we'll uh, we'll eat some burgers and we'll play some frisbee, do some pop rocks. Mm. Mm. Sounds like a lot of work. Shotgun a beer. So uh, I, I, I'm kind of overdue, I guess, for a trip out west. So we'll drive see. over and say hi to Debbie. Debbie, your, she's your in best Big Bear. Bear. How far is Big Bear? Did we ever establish uh, it's that? A, it's a couple of hours. Yeah, she and I had like an epic one-hour talk, all on on the record. I'm really looking forward to hearing it. The best part is we probably spend a good 30 minutes talking about our dating lives. <laughs> oh man! And talking about online dating and giving each other tips. I am so, so grateful I am not trying to date somebody right now. This is the number one reason that I have to make sure I keep Katie very happy. Fear is a great motivator. Yeah. I, I've kind of vowed that I'm not going to date anymore until like, you know, next year. I just kind of want to use this year to kind of like decompress. Lock it down. Focus on other stuff. Yeah. Start building model airplanes again like I did when I was 10. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that that ship thing is going to be a real yeah. good hobby for you. It's going to come back, I'm <laughs> telling you. Uh, 600 pounds of paint on every <laughs> ship. <laughs> Don't make me laugh like that. I'll have a heart attack and die. And then, then you'll have to edit this whole show by yourself. Oh, gosh, that would be horrible. <laughs> yeah. That's all we have for this week. Uh, tune in next week. Hopefully, we'll have uh, Debbie all queued up, ready to go. Um, hoping to get some interviews. Coming up soon, Fee Waybill from the Tubes says he uh, will love to join the show. So, so cool. Look for that. And in the meantime, Brad and I will remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a class of 85 production. Please listen responsibly. Boom! That's how you do it. That's how you hit the pummel horse.